Hi everyone. If you like what you've been hearing, please consider subscribing to the Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon. That's H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. The Patreon's really the lifeblood of the podcast. It lets me dedicate the time that I need to play the games, to talk to our guests, to really set everything up and, and make everything as sharp as it is. Um, without it, uh, no cartridge really wouldn't exist the way it does today. If you don't like monthly pledges, I totally get it. Uh, there's also paypal.me backslash Hagelbon, and we can try and figure something out there. Or you can email me at nocartridgeaudio at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, and I will try and answer your emails as quickly as I can. Thanks so much for your support, and enjoy the show. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hagelbon on Twitter, and I'm here today with uh, the, the the two guests, or the two hosts, uh, my two guests, the two stars of the recent uh, Earwolf podcast, uh, and I'm going to ask you if it's a spinoff or not, uh, uh, Mr. Nick Weiger and uh, Ms. Heather Ann Campbell, uh, welcome to the show, uh, and, and, and tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, the show is How Did This Get Played? It's not an official spinoff of How Did This Get Made, the movie podcast. It's, wait, it's not? Well, it's not, it's not like it's not like we're set, we're like the companion show, but we have like they they gave us permission to do it and they they were like Godspeed and you guys have the name. But it's the same network. It's the same network, yeah. We're not official. We're like a <laughs> What are we? I don't think we're like they're saying Hey, this is our. This is the video game version. Of, I think we're just we're the sh- uh, the show with a sa- with a similar format and similar theme, this but a similar name. First, I'm hearing of this. All right, then we are an official <laughs> spinoff. Yes, we did it. <laughs> no, I don't know. We never honestly like it was very. It was the whole. I, I never thought of it as being official because it was all very informal. We just basically went to uh, to to Sheer and Zooks and June, and we're just like, hey, we have this idea. We you know it's ba- it's very similar to the show you guys do. We think this name would be great. What do you guys think? And they they were basically on board and were just sort of like, you know, we're very super duper cool and super supportive. of. They seem like very cool people. So that doesn't doesn't surprise me. They all roll. Um, Yeah. So uh, that actually leads me to my next my my one of the questions I thought would come up later. But how much of this like how much of the format, how much of like what you do on how did this get played? Do you draw from uh, how did this get made? Because like when I was listening, I realized like, you know, there's there's even like the second opinions bit. There's like. There's the ranking at the end. Did you consciously like try and model it so that like, especially in the first few episodes, that there was that template or was that just sort of like natural to this kind of review show? Their template worked really well. And I think we've, you know, we've come up with some variants on that. We've tried to do things in our own way and we've tried to add some some different segments uh, that are unique to us. Uh, the, I think the way we open our show is is a, a, a little bit distinct yeah. and different. By the way, we maybe should, should give a little bit of context to for people who maybe don't know, aren't familiar with either podcast. So How Did This Get Made is the they review bad and terrible and inexplicable and bizarre movies. We do the same, but with video games. So, you know, just go, going yeah. through a Sonic 06, Superman 64, right. um, uh, some other ones we've covered that are, that are already out. Uh, Had a full boyfriend with the the pigeon. I'll be asking you about that. I'll be asking um, you about. Ha- I mean, yes, I, I got Michael. some. I got some questions. Dragon's Lair. Okay. Yes. Michael Jackson. Michael. Yeah, Michael Jackson. <laughs> I, was, I was enjoying the. Uh, I was enjoying the gifts you posted of those. Uh, that was that was a treat for me. Um, and and it's oh, clear yeah. it's clear why you two are, ma- are are sort of like uh, at the peak of your game. You're like that was. Uh, it's like I, I can't believe I whiffed on actually saying what your podcast is about, but uh, yes, that is what it is about. Um, it's on the Earwolf Network. So, oh no, I just I figured yes. it just was. Uh, just thank you for the assist. It's the official, it's the official spinoff. The official, the official spin-off. spinoff. <laughs> um, so, uh, I actually want to like just kind of like doubling down on that background. Um, we'll start with Heather. Uh, you actually have a fairly long, or not long, but like you have a history. I don't want to. I don't want to say long because I don't want to make it sound like I'm. I'm like drawing some sort of like vast lineage for you here. But um, you have a you have a history in uh, in video games. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Well, um, this is a something I should have said on our own podcast, but I'll, I'll say it on yours, is that uh, I think my first official appearance in any video game-related media was in an issue of Tips and Tricks back in the oh, 90s, sick. where I was uh, profiled as a Street Fighter tournament player. Are, are, uh, are you still? And, Did, were huh? you were you in the scene? Like, were you in, like, Evo, and, and were you a... Uh, uh, I was a player before Evo, so okay, I was right. doing the um, Midwest. Uh, I was like a kid who was doing like Midwest <laughs> tournaments, uh, and that's um, it. What's crazy is that uh, I, I, yeah. So I, I don't, I don't wear the. No, that's great. No, no, I, <laughs> it's uh, cool. I've been going to tournaments recently, just like uh, as like my own kind of like. Uh, um, uh, research. I was in Combo Breaker in the Midwest uh, the, these past couple of years, and I think the the whole scene there is really cool. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, it's all it's all. Fin- I love the fighting game community. Right. Um, I uh, I would be a uh, tournament gamer if I still had time to dedicate. It, it takes a ton of I mean, time. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking place or anything, but I would. I would play. <laughs> sure. and It would be great. What, Heather, what is your game? Like, what, what's what's your Street Fighter you're best at? Uh, the Street Fighter I'm best at is probably four. Okay. Then three, then two, then five. Uh, I was very then, worried you were going to say you were better at one than five, which would have been. <laughs> <laughs> one is very, like, I remember playing one in the arcades. Sucked. And, like, it's it's not a good game, but we it got me. Play it for this. We actually should play Street would, Fighter one. That's yeah. actually, that's a great. That's would a absolutely great call. listen to yeah. that episode. I, there's like a, there's a story from uh, Combo Breaker in the, which is the, the fighting game tournament I'm most familiar with, has a, uh, has a thing called the mystery tournament, which is a fantastic idea where, like, basically the, uh, the um, organizers come up with all these games that are, uh, you know, no one knows ahead of time. Uh, so, like, right. you know, I remember, like, I was I was watching my friend do it, and he got uh, Twin Vipers, which is this old, um, like, Saturn and uh, 64 fighter. Yep. I forget if it was on Saturn. It's definitely on N64, but uh, it looks like a Saturn fighter. Well, there was Fighting Vipers on Saturn. Oh, I remember it, that, yeah. It, maybe, it, maybe it is Fighting Vipers. Maybe I'm screwing up the twin versus fighting. I remember the Vipers part for sure, but it had um, fighting, it had Pepsi Man in fighting it. Fighting Vipers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's Fighting okay. Vipers. And the armor was destructible on the uh, on the plate. Yes. On a mm-hmm. you were yeah, and you could break down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. Like, it was definitely, like, there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, like, uh, destructible environments. There was a ton of stuff going on there that was pretty cool, but also, like, it was just, like, not a, I mean, it wasn't a great game by any means, but it, uh, he got uh, it was uh, Fighting Vipers with um, uh, all Pepsi Man. Uh, so Pepsi Man versus Pepsi yeah. Man. Oh, that's uh, right. Like, awesome. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but like, there was a story about uh, Street Fighter One being one of the games that they pulled off, and like, it was like one of the finals, and the entire crowd, or maybe it was it was during that or a Street Fighter tournament. I don't remember, but the entire crowd just like let off a huge pop when someone finally was able to do a fireball because they're like notoriously difficult in that game. Like a whole a whole fighting game tournament, <laughs> just like waiting for someone to finally right. do something right in that game. Um, yeah, no, it's by the way, twi- twin vi- twin vipers. I, I looked it up on my phone because I was like, that sounds like a, we- a weapon in. Warframe. Ah, okay, all right, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe that's maybe what yeah, maybe I've was. been playing too much Warframe. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very possible. Um, so cool, and then you you wrote a lot, uh, Heather. You wrote a lot for uh, gaming magazines after that uh, as well. Um, yeah, yeah. I started at Gamers Quarter, and then uh, I went to NextGen.biz, which was Edge cool. Online, and then uh, Play Magazine was my final uh, stint as a games journalist. And I also did like freelancing for Action Button. Cool. Play is uh, generally like I, I uh, based on just like people I've talked to. That's kind of your most famous uh, stop off. Uh, people seem to know you very well for your work at Play. Um, which is yeah. great. Uh, I, I, I like it too. Uh, I liked the story you told, um, the kind of like pre, it felt like a very pre Kane and Lynch, uh, dog days moment, uh, where you were saying like, you, <laughs> you got pressure to, to kind of bump some games up and, and your editor was like, Oh, why don't you be a little less negative on these games? It was, it was very cool to, on the Sonic yeah. 06 thing to hear that is like, Oh yeah, there's like those old days right. when like, that was what you did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. When you, when you, I mean, let's say when you fixed scores so that your magazine wouldn't shut down. 
did you like uh, like I'll, then I'll I'll uh, I'll leave off your 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 gaming magazine history. I won't dwell on it too long for you. But the I mean, was that something that like playing all those crummy games and like not having an outlet for it was that something that kind of like or is that something I'll say trickles into uh, your work on the podcast? Like, do you do you sometimes think about like? man, I remember playing these games and just, like, not even being able to say how bad they were. Like, is it, like, cleansing or somehow, like, encouraging to do this podcast now? Well, the truth is that I played very few really terrible games when Mm. I was at play because the page space was so limited that if a game was really bad, you just wouldn't, you'd stop reviewing it. You'd, like, be like, this is not good. Yeah. Uh, Whereas... Most of my time was spent playing games I truly loved. Like Sweet. I did, uh, I did a review of Final Fantasy XII and Street Fighter IV, and got to do uh, previews on on so many games that have like really for me still like they're still important yeah. to me. Like I think the last game that I played for the magazine, which I think I did a review post magazine because the magazine collapsed, was Dark Souls or Demon Souls, and I, it was. Fucking incredible. That's so good. Like to, to actually be like the person so who did good. the review. Mm, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm jealous. I've like I've probably yeah. done thirty uh, non-official reviews of Demon Souls uh, via tweet or podcast or something. I just can't stop talking <laughs> about that game. So I'm like, yeah, that's fantastic. It was what's, great. What's your favorite Trevor in the Souls uh, series? Oh, it's like asking me to pick my kid, <laughs> uh, pick my favorite child here. Um, you know what? Like I, I've said it, I've said it before, and I'm always like, I'm always second guessing myself on it. But in some ways, I, I think it has to be Demon mm. Souls. Uh, and, and like, that's not to say I don't like the right. other ones. I think like close second is Dark Souls Two because of how weird it is and how like it, it holds up much better than it did at release, and it's fun in a in a very strange way. Um, but Demon Souls, I just like, I like how bleak it is. I like the worlds a lot. I think the bosses are really fun. Right. Is um, that the one with the, uh, uh, is, is it called Blight Town? Where there's like a fr- Blight- frame rate nightmare part? Uh, yeah, Blight Town's in, in Dark Souls uh, 1, but there's also the, there's like, oh, it's like something swamp, but it's it's the same place. It's the Poison yeah. Swamp mm. in the From Software game. Um, and it is a frame where you yeah. it truly is like you, you, you just can't make it through that. Uh, that was one of the most um, one of the most frustrating gaming experiences of my life. That play um, <laughs> just uh, terrible. Yeah, the, the, this is a this is a tangent. But but Heather mentioning that bad games often don't get reviewed made me think of when I worked at Activision and my very first job at Activision, I was doing customer support. Uh, so I was I was a phone oh, rep. No. So people would call in or email in like with their their. That was your first my job very at first job at Activision, yeah, and um, in in my first job in the game industry, and then later I was a game tester at Activision for not too long, and I wasn't very good at it. Uh, but when I was a fo- was a phone <laughs> support rep, so uh, so there's this game that came out dirt while I was working there called it was called Gods and Generals, and it was based off of a somewhat well regarded Civil War movie that came out in the, the same the same roughly the same time. So it was a licensed game. My stepdad is a my stepdad's a like a, a Civil yes. War buff. I've definitely seen this on his show. Yeah, right. So so not the game, the, but movie, the movie. Yeah, so like Civil War buffs like like this movie. And so what happened is that this game came out was awful, truly, truly awful, and um, just like unplayably bad, and not a lot of reviews. But then the people buying the game were people like your stepdad, were just Civil War enthusiasts <laughs> who didn't really game at all, but were like, oh, I like this movie, I'll pick up the game version. And then they would call customer support so confused and so frustrated because this game was just an unplayable best. And I remember it was a point where in the job where I would just be like, you got to just return this game. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's just bad. Like, just you got to get a up. refund. When I uh, worked at Electronics Boutique, which was one of my very first jobs as a kid, oh, wow. uh, I would, that was the way, the same, I would do the same thing. Like, parents would come in and they'd be like, what should I get my son? Do, do you think he'd like Mist? And I'd be like, no, don't buy Mist. <laughs> he will hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I once uh, so when I went to go pick up my Nintendo GameCube pre-order at the uh, uh, at the mall in um, at the Westside Pavilion Mall uh, here in L.A. And I went like first thing in the morning when the GameStop opened and I was waiting in line and it was me. I was like I was like maybe 20. I don't remember how uh, how old I was when GameCube came out, but I was like I was like 20 years old. And uh, it was me and one other guy who was my same age. And then 
just like 40 parents. And so, (laughs) and so it was just like very like, but, but what ended up happening is that they were all these clueless parents who their kids like Nintendo. And then they, GameStop was forcing a bundle on you. And so none of these parents knew what games to buy. So me and this other guy just became like the Kings of the line. We were just like going to (laughs) parents and being like, get Luigi's mansion, get super monkey ball, you know, like, (laughs) and we were trying to guide everyone for like what the get wave race six get the new wave race you know was it called blue storm they must have yeah yeah uh, man i i actually completely forgot there was a wave race <laughs> on the gamecube like i i remember wave race 64 but yeah no you must have you must have been like both the most popular and least popular yeah. person to the employees of the game right. stop where they're just like they like see the blood in the water and you're like no 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 like right. don't don't get these crummy games that they're trying to push yeah, right <laughs> don't get the third party mad cats controller <laughs> get a regular controller <laughs> <laughs> just like they're like they're pushing these these memory yeah. cards and you're just like taking a bullet for these parents just like diving right. in front as the like the credit card goes across um so you you were game you game tested at activision yes. uh a a a company that has a lot of games sure uh and some good some less good uh and i would imagine that was quite an experience to have to like both deal with the quality control on the phones and then um, uh, deal with the games themselves. Uh, Any, any good stories from that period of time? Anything that like, just like completely stays in your memory? Well, one I remember is that this woman called up confused because she was trying to get, it was a thing where she bought one of the Tony Hawks, I believe. Is she okay. and it was and she'd bought it for the wrong platform, but it was so unbelievably wrong. It was like she'd bought the she's she bought the Xbox version of like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 or something and was like <laughs> and was like, it's not working on my son's Nintendo. And I was trying oh, to piece. Right, I assumed sure. she had a GameCube. And then I figured out that she actually had a Nintendo 64 <laughs> that she was trying to figure out how to oh, fit wow. an Xbox disc into. Um, so that was just like, I don't know where to begin here. You have the wrong system. This game is this is just not going to work. But the the one I remember the most, the one that sticks on my mind, and this was because this guy called a lot, is I felt bad for him. Uh, I mean, assuming that I don't assuming what he what he did. I don't know the details of what actually transpired, but I'll get into this. But so he he called up (laughs) and he he said uh, he would call up and he would talk about the game that he had. And it would be something that was buggy or something that had a patch out. And I would tell I would be like, hey, you know, you can go to this link. I can email. Give me your email. I can email you a link to this patch and you can download it. And he'd be like, yeah, here's the thing. Like, I don't have Internet access um, I'm not supposed to have it because I have a porn addiction and there's just too much temptation online. Oh, no. So, but if, is there a way you could like, you could mail me the disc, like you could mail me a CD that has like the patch on it, or you could mail me the DLC or something like that. He was always asking for us to physically mail. It's like, no, we can't do that. I'm sorry. Can you get a friend to download it from the library or something like that? And he's just like, I just can't oh, do it. So this guy was just playing man. unpatched games. Uh, and then just be very, very, like, uh, very clear about his, his porn addiction. Um, it was weird. Uh, yeah, it was weird. It must just have been so, so rough yeah, to I have know. to, like, constantly tell people about that. Like, why don't you have the internet? Okay, well, just have, like, a script. Right. Unless he liked telling people about it, <laughs> which I started to suspect. <laughs> Maybe that was, do you think that was part of his porn addiction? I don't addiction? know. He called, like, I, I talked to him probably a half dozen times in the in the six months I was working there. He'd be like, hey. Did he give you the story every yeah. time? <laughs> like, hey, I've got a question about this video game. Now, uh, should I pull up anything on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> um and so then you you i I know a little bit more of your history because uh we we run in similar internet circles and uh i've heard you i've heard you on uh on on mutual friend uh of the podcast uh uh the yks boys oh yes um i've heard you on their podcast before um and so you went into comedy after that um, a little bit more or in, in writing. Yeah. Like, uh, so kind of overlapping with that. I was kind of, uh, you know, I was I was getting involved first at this uh, improv theater in Westwood, uh, south of UCLA campus, where I met, originally met Heather, actually. Yeah. Uh, and oh, cool. this was this was years and years ago. I was doing I was doing classes there r- around when I was working at Activision. And then I had a game design job after that. And after that, I was doing shows there regularly at that theater. And then the, when the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater opened in L.A., 
I was doing that. And like for uh, Heather and I were on what's called a Herald team. It's a it's a house improv team at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in L.A. Uh, we both auditioned uh, separately and were put on a team together. And um, I was and, so relieved. Nice. I was yeah. like, oh, fuck, thank God it's Nick. Yeah, we, 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 each, we each knew like one person on it. Um, but the whole team ended up being great. Uh, but then like for like four years while I was doing that show, I was also working at a video game studio full time. And he so. would come to the show oh. exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> and just no energy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Right, we're in crunch time. <laughs> classic, classic thing to come to it. Like, that's exactly what they want when you come to an right. improv show is to have yeah, no yeah. energy. <laughs> just completely. <laughs> <laughs> on fumes, just exhausted because he's been pulling twelve-hour days trying to get Pirates of Car- the Caribbean, the Legend of Jack Sparrow, to ship on time. <laughs> Whatever garbage I was working on. And Heather, were you writing at that time too? Uh, I, I mean, I've, I've always, I started uh, being a writing comedian uh, at Boom Chicago in Amsterdam, uh, and came back here, and I started. I, I, I guess I wrote for SNL in two thousand eleven. Uh, and have pretty much been a writer, performer ever since. But I've been a comedian my whole fucking life. Like, th- nice. and there's no goal in sight. There's no, <laughs> there's no exit. I mean, that's no, that's the true nothing. that's the true comedian, yeah. right? You, <laughs> yeah. You have become like like the 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 comedian prime. Yeah. If you if you don't have a goal, right? Like that's what I'm to understand I've, from all the comedians. My I know. butt is just bar stool. Like it's just like <laughs> slowly becoming <laughs> bar stool. <laughs> I mean, you know, more power to Thank you. you. I think that's like yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good to uh, it's good to embrace what you are. <laughs> It's <laughs> really like become it in a in a, in a sort of like a Kafka-esque uh, metamorphosis. Yeah, eventually I'll just melt into a, like a, a, a wall that has been signed by 150 people. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love those walls. Oh, we, yeah. I was doing a uh, I was doing a show in um, in Philly with the uh, with um, uh, Brian and Brett of, of Street Fight Radio, and they. Um, we were just like they. It was at a comedy club, and we were back in one of those rooms. And I was just looking around at the various like shows that were there in the wall and stuff. I was like, "Man, this is so out of my depth." But it's it's actually like unironically cool to be around like to be in the same venue as one of the walls. Like it's just like for like a total like non comedy guy to be back there. Right? Like, Whoa, that's like that's one of the walls I know exists. Like that's <laughs> people people have people have like definitely signed. This. Um, you're um, in like sometimes because you know I'll I'll, I'll do shows for you mostly for my podcast these days but like in comedy clubs sometimes mm. and uh for for what for uh, my other podcast oh boys uh and uh we'll like you'll be in like a a sta- a stand-up venue in like nashville and then you'll like they'll have like the the photos on the walls of like comedians and then you'll just be looking around <laughs> and be like wait a minute some of these people were like Canceled, scandals, but like they didn't, they didn't care. There, it's like ah, eh, whatever. He performed here; it's fine. It's like just like getting real nervous, looking around and being like, all right, well, there's Bill Cosby. I guess I can forgive yeah. one, and like just like well, there's Louis C. Oh God, five photos <laughs> of Michael Richards. <laughs> <laughs> Just him at the uh, at the actual yeah. venue. Like, I, I recognize that show. I recognize that still. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, that must be really strange. You talk to the club owner after. He's like, "So you must be a big Seinfeld fan, huh?" He's like, oh, "What's that?" <laughs> <laughs> Just likes Michael Richards stand up. <laughs> Come again, <laughs> uh, <laughs> big, on, big Fridays guy. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't watched TV since they canceled that. Um, so I want to I want to talk a little bit more about the podcast. Um. One of the things that I this is like this is something that I thought about while I was listening to your Sonic 06 mm-hmm. episode, which was great. I, I actually had a lot of fun with the Sonic 06 episode. Um, I thought you were remarkably fair to that game. Wow. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's a game that I think you touched on it in the episode, but it's such like a um, such a flashpoint for gamers. Sure. Like I I have a friend who will constantly say that like. Stuff it. He was he, he was watching me stream Devil the new Devil May Cry, uh, Devil May Cry Five, and was arguing that um, V in that game was uh, was Silver the Hedgehog effectively. Mm. Like it was a serious argument. It wasn't just like him kind of like just like mouthing off. He was like, "Yeah, no, it's basically silver. Like they're just doing silver. It's again. no use. <laughs> <laughs> it's no use." <laughs> Uh, how is Devil May Cry? I mean, V does say that constantly. Yeah, right. So I mean, that's <laughs> how how is uh, how Devil is May- it? How is Part Five? I haven't played it yet. 
Oh, excellent. Yeah. It's very good. It's um like you know how in in when you were talking about Sonic, you said that it's like a character action game that is um like you don't care about any of the characters right. and they're not fun yeah. to play as. <laughs> um it's basically the opposite oh, of that where like you like the characters are all cheesy. It's a it's totally a Devil May Cry game, but it is like the actual gameplay is just so fun right. um, and so good and so over the top. Like, you know, you're playing as a character who has a mechanical arm that can, you know, be thrown off and exploded at any given time or turned into a surfboard mm-hmm. or whatever. Sounds like my life. Yeah. No, it's basically. Yeah, no, it is. That's weird because his name is Nick uh, Bligh. Oh, OK. Um, which right, I thought yeah. was a little weird. But, uh, you know, it's, I don't know. Kind of skirted. Uh, fair use <laughs> um, but no, no, it's great. It's really good. Um, but yeah, no, I thought you guys were like really fair to a game that probably elicits a lot of emotion. Um, but I'm, I mean, to be be fair to us, it was the first one. I think that might've been part of it. Yeah. And so like, we were like, Oh, this is going to be great. If I feel like if we fucking played Sonic 06 now, we'd be like, fuck this guy. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like, you know, we're, we're 10 to 15 (laughs) episodes into it now and we've really gotten, it's, it sucks to have to play a shitty game every week (laughs) with a limited amount of time we have to play video games. Well, and I noticed like even on that one where like your guest was like, man, I just got smashed. (laughs) Our buddy Jordan (laughs) Morris. Yeah. 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 Jordan was like, man, I just, I played this game instead. And then you all were sort of realizing like this sucks. Um, but, like, one of the things I was wondering, and it, it came up when I was thinking about the Hattiful, uh Boyfriend episode. Um, now, Heather, I know you're sort of more familiar with um, with visual novels and, like, and, and those kinds of games. Like, how do you take a game like Hattiful that, like, in a lot of ways is a parody, like, a, a very sort of, like, high-level parody of a game that – of a game series that is not – or a game genre, excuse me, that is not particularly well-known – and like a very good parody, but it is good because it's beat for beat. Like, how do you handle something like that that has like so many you know signifiers and within a community that like absolutely cares if you do if you miss like one signifier? Uh, like gaming gamers are so obsessed with authenticity that like it must just be like harrowing to read comments on stuff like that. Uh, well, for starters. Um Nick cares about the community, but I don't care about people at all. <laughs> I, I just, like, if somebody's going to get pissed off that, like, we missed a signifier in a parody game, and, I mean, a parody, get it? Like, P-A-R-R-O-T, parody? Yes. Parrot, oh, parody that's, game? That's, that's uh, really good. God. That's really good. Uh, <laughs> like, if somebody's going to get really upset about that, I'm uh, too... Mm-hmm then f- stop listening. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, I have no <laughs> space in my life for just like some, somebody being very upset. Yes. Uh, but That's Nick, fair. he loves getting like, he tweeted at, please uh, correct like, me. Like he loves when the community reaches out to him. I love it. He just wants to be a part of every kind <laughs> of gaming family that's possible. I can't get enough of that shit. <laughs> this is why I have basically all of my replies turned off, all my notifications. <laughs> on Twitter. Um, no, I, I will say this. We, we, you know, I think we did a, a, speaking candidly about that episode, I think we, and I'll, I'll say me, I did a bad job of preparing our guests uh, Mono and Betsy, who are who are wonderful and they're super funny and they're great on the episode, but like giving them context yeah. for what the game is, because I think they did uh, like they didn't quite know going in how much the the level of it being a parody, the level of it being like kind of like intentionally like weird for weird sake. Uh, so they were just kind of disoriented by this game, and I think that we. But but speaking about as as far as you know, trying to to. I guess reflect authenticity, and uh, I think we just try to be honest with how much uh, time we spend with these games, how mu- how much familiarity we have with the genre. Uh, we're not going to be ex. We're we're tackling every genre, so we're not going to be experts in everything, and we're not going to have a comprehensive knowledge of every ta- every possible genre or every po- every sure. game series. So I think that since our audience is kind of more of just a general. Either they're, they're gamers in our audience and they're people who don't really play video games who are just interested in hearing about these things. I think since we're playing to a general audience anyway, not an audience of, of enthusiasts for one specific genre, I think we, we 
so far we've gotten a little bit more leniency on that stuff. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll continue nice. to, to, to have that sort of, you know, that sort of sense from our audience. Yeah, I think there is a space in in the podcast world, mm-hmm. in, the, in the world of pot. There's a space <laughs> in the world of podcasts for a show that uh, that introduces <laughs> the audience to the parody of a genre they have never heard of. Right. And that's our job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that totally makes sense. I guess, like, I'm I'm pleased to hear that there is a, um, that there's a space for that, like, that, that, that you haven't gotten too much pushback as far as that goes. Like, I, I think of gaming as such a um, cloistered community, uh, but I guess it's also comedy, and it's also, like, I mean, you're leaning into all of that, which actually makes a lot of sense. Well, I think also, and, and you know, again, who knows? Maybe maybe eventually, I'm sure we'll get a backlash at some point. I'm sure someone will be upset when we negatively review something that, that people love or vice versa. But I, I, like, I, think I think everyone can relate to a game being a disappointment. And I think that, like, on a visceral level, if you, no matter your level of enthusiasm for games, if you're a hardcore gamer, if you're someone who just plays games a little bit, everyone's played a game that has let them down. And so I think that's yep. kind of what we just try to speak to, the idea that, like, like, like oh, this this being deflated, like having this, this excitement, having this, like, this is my leisure time for this activity I enjoy, and I have, and I'm spending it with something that's not pleasant. So I think that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of, like, you know that's kind of the feeling that that hopefully the podcast evokes that and then that people can relate for, relate to more than anything yeah no that makes sense i mean and this is particularly for heather who's who's worked in uh, as a critic before like how do you like do you and but it could be for both of you did do you like um do you kind of like turn off the like a kind of like i'm trying to think like do you approach this let me let me ask it this way do you approach this as like someone who enjoys video games or someone who's sort of like viewing them from like a, a, a mediated step back. Like, is this about, yeah, like I'm like what you were just saying, Nick, like, you know, we can relate with the, with the consumer sort of like the gamer themselves, or are you, are you approaching this as sort of someone with a higher kind of understanding of these games, like trying to, trying to sort of like speak to a general sense of them as well. Well, very, I, I want to say that very quickly, I am becoming not a fan of video games because <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have not played something I enjoy for more than like five minutes. Yeah. for months now. For months. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask how the how the time uh, commitment was was every, sitting with you every guys. fucking weekend. Yeah. I'm sitting. I'm like, oh, it's Saturday. Time to. And then I f- look at my phone, and it's like play blank. Like right. Play play. I mean, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out, but the people on Twitter know because we ask questions. Yes, it'll be like, we just play Duke Nukem forever. Yeah, it'll be like play Leisure, leisure shoot, Suit Larry for 13 hours. <laughs> and it's oh, awful. God. It's miserable. It's yeah. miserable. So what is, I'm, I'm honest now, what is happening is that I am beginning to see the flaws in all games. Mm. And I am very rapidly being like, these are things that should not be happening in any game. Right. Because they are mm-hmm. so often repeated in bad games. And usually even a good game, like Resident Evil 4 still puts ammo in barrels. Right. And it's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> like, after you've had to look for ammo in, like, every trunk of a terrible game, mm-hmm. or, like, every time you have to rush over to an ammo pile in Duke Nukem... Yeah. You're like, this shouldn't be a thing. Right. This is stupid. And and then it <laughs> it starts to erode your enjoyment of the things that you actually enjoy. Right. Because the, the huh. conventions are you're seeing them presented in in such a negative context. I, I will. I'm just going to say that, like, for me. Yeah. It, 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 I, I got to play this past week because I had to spend most of my time playing uh, Duke Nukem Forever, which sucks. Uh, but I, I got Dragon Yikes. Quest Builders 2, which I was so excited to play. And I played it for like an hour on the bus. And it was honestly like 
the best part of my entire week. Like, <laughs> like I basically got through the two, the intro movie and like the tutorial, and I was just like, I was like, this is so fun. I can't believe like it's a good game that I get to play that I'm excited about. Um, so in a oh. way, it's kind of like enhanced my enthusiasm for good games. Wow, we are going in opposite mm. directions <laughs> fast. But I, I already had that sort of like crisis moment myself when I worked in video games because there was a stretch, you know, there was like a roughly five year stretch where I was not playing a lot of video games because I was so exhausted, A, from working, but B, like I had like a PlayStation controller on my desk at work. I just got an association Ugh. with that as, as with, with that and like it my job, and it wasn't a thing that I wanted to do when I got home. So unless it was, I was playing a game for like research because it was something that we were working on a, on something similar and we were gonna rip something off, um, uh, it was like uh, I just didn't I just didn't game <laughs> a lot for that for that stretch. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's like the classic thing of of like uh, kind of conflating or or doing the thing you right. like for for a job. Like all of a sudden, like I can't stand the thing I enjoy because yeah. uh, I just have to do it all the time. Mama mia, I'm a baking the pizza all day. I don't want to come home and eat a pizza for dinner. You know that classic trope. <laughs> that was that was a perfect French Italian accent. <laughs> I really like. That's that. what I bring to the table. That's, Pan European. You know, people, ima- people don't usually pull that off. <laughs> Pan European accent. I bet if you only ate, like, and I don't like them, so I'm going to use SpaghettiOs. If mm-hmm. you only ate SpaghettiOs for a year and then had a plate of spaghetti, I bet you'd be like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you do. You're experimenting with, with extreme deprivation. Right. I admire that. That's, uh, man, I mean, uh, you know, I, uh, it's, it's admirable. This podcast um, is a <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let me ask you this then. What, uh, well, actually, no, let me say this. It seems like you're going in a different direction than how did this get made in mm. some ways. Um, although, in I, I will always remember how, um, this is before I knew about Doughboys at all or before I was really listening to podcasts, but I remember, Nick, I heard an episode where you guessed, uh, guessed it on how did this get mm-hmm. made. And, uh, and Paul or Jason described uh, the show as... Um, Less about fast food and more about uh, a story of of two men learning to hate each oh, other. Oh yeah, um, which I, I was so evocative and good. Like I I always think about that. But in in some ways, uh, the podcast is going in a similar route with you learning to love video games and uh, Heather learning to despise them. Um, like, do you? The difference between this and How Did This Get Made is, like, I feel sometimes when I'm listening to How Did This Get Made, there is, like, just this primal love of good movies because of all the bad movies. Um, like, Heather, do you do you, do you you think that that has, like, so I'll speak, I'll ask you because uh, Nick clearly is, is sort of going the opposite route, but do you feel like, like the gaming genre is just too beholden to its own tropes? Like, do you think, like, it it never grew past the problems and like now all you can see are the problems or how do you, how do you sort of like, I guess like what I'm going to say is like, how do you sort of see the form? Is it, is it a form that actually has any sort of potential or are you just like, you know, this is, this is just a, a broken, a broken thing. I think, I think video games have tons and tons of potential and a lot of video games execute on that potential constantly. Um, right. Okay. I, I rag on journey a lot journey the game on uh, on the podcast but the truth is that it's it's something interesting and unique that you can't get in any kind you can't play a book you can't play a movie you can't interact with those things and tell your own story even when it's narrowly limited in scope as journey is um, and I've been playing their new one which is called sky I think on the on iOS and the only reason I haven't played mm-hmm. it more is because it's on iOS and I need buttons, man. Like, I, yeah. fuck, I hate a fucking iOS game. I hear you. Yeah, um, sure. But I'm... So there are places, there are corners. You know, What Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, there mm-hmm. are parts of... Great yeah, game. there are parts of Bioshock, even, mm. that are, like... Uh, that are, I think, back to fondly. The problem is, it's always... Well, they're often couched in such ugly... Um, consistent tropes that the the beauty of those moments and the beauty of those stories that are being told are 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 going to be lost if you're trying to share it with somebody. Like I've shown a, a mm. ton of people, I've shown a ton of people the opening to The Last of Us, right? 
But then immediately right, sure. after the opening, you wander around sort of aimlessly listening to conversations. Mm-hmm. And and <laughs> you and the there's less like forward momentum in that section. And if you're watching the game, it's like, oh, oh, so now it's just a video game? As opposed to like ripping through the the destruction of the town, the car ride, all of that stuff all leading to uh you're, I'm gonna just spoil it. Your, your daughter's death, like it's just fucking right. awesome. But then it just becomes a video game, right? Like you're right. you're pulling floating pallets in like shitty puzzle sections. <laughs> what is that doing in the same game where a gas station blew up and your daughter is crying? Like it's there's yeah. something. I'm waiting for somebody to be like, get rid of all of the stuff. That 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 is holding video games into their their form and their 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 old um, like drop all of the luggage sure and move forward. I I so yeah. so I love Last of Us. I, I do too. The it's my fucking, favorite. It's my favorite game of all time. It's 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 uh, one of my favorite games of that generation, and I, it's fucking awesome. And I think that like I'll compare it to. There's a pretty similar game in a pretty similar world in Telltale Games' Walking Dead series. Mm-hmm. It's even got, especially okay. in the first one, it has the the first season is it's it's a similar. Uh, they're not blood related, but it's a it's a an older man and a younger woman who are uh, uh, uh who are like working together, um, uh, to to get through this 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 nightmare apocalyptic world. And the difference is that game's more of just basically a visual novel, you know, like there's some light adventure game elements, but it's the puzzles are pretty yeah. minimal. Uh, versus Last of Us has like this cover shooter mechanic and on, and this, you know, some light platforming stuff. It's got like a lot of depth to the gameplay. And I feel like Last of Us is like, it is just like a much better game because it's just like the <laughs> game part is like fun, you know? And I, I'm a fan <laughs> of the Telltale game series, but I just like... The actual gameplay, I don't know. That's that's the meat of it. So I don't I don't know how you you abandon those tropes entirely, but may, yeah. there's probably a way to minimize them. But I, I feel like you could. So if if you're just gonna like the sections where you are navigating space, sure. Like you are like okay, I've got four clickers in this room, and I've got a brick, a bat, and two bullets. Right. And so you have to like physically work the actions of the AIs. You have to work a puzzle that is mutating as you're playing it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's great. Yeah. But you just yeah. fucking get there. Like, I don't need, I don't, <laughs> I don't need to watch a cinematic of like a, a burning car. Right. And, and then, and then somebody being like, how are we going to get around this? And you have to like drag a ladder over there. Right. Fucking like make, climb over a lat. Like who, Get rid of that shit. I like carrying the ladder. Fuck you. <laughs> it's fun, fun to walk on the ladder. Um, I, can I say it? Nick, Nick is ruining video games, like literally. Now now it's becoming about two people interviewing each other. Can I say Can I say something that will expose me as an idiot if I haven't already been exposed? Uh, I made it through that like 70% of that game, and then... Uh, before I knew the difference between bricks and bottles, that like they had like different effects on the on the, the like a brick you could use to club someone or to hurt someone more effectively, and a bottle you could use more to generate noise more effectively. And then like my friend told me that I was like, oh shit, well okay, because it just like makes things easier to know that. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> it's impressive. Yeah. Just like what a fucking That's... moron. I love watching this super high level, uh, brick like brick and bottle only. Runs on grounded mode. Oh, I gotta check out some of those. Like you, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's like it's so exciting to watch. <laughs> I love. I mean, like high level play like that. It just like on some level. I mean, maybe this is why I've become so interested in uh, in in fighting game tournaments. Uh-huh. Like high level play like that is just so fun. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good to watch people who are just like incredibly good at what they do. Oh yeah. It, like it, it reveals like it reveals like what the game is about. Where it's like, oh, like you could actually do this. Like that is really cool that you can actually like, I don't know, uh, clip through that. Or oh, I didn't realize that you could do that with a bottle or right. a brick. Like it it is cool to see that at its like peak. Um, and I guess like also to see like video games perform in such an elegant yeah, way. Yeah, for but, sure. Here's here's I'm gonna touch on that for a second, which is that like I love watching fighting game footage too. Like I love watching Evo yeah. streamed live. It's 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 awesome. The problem with games is that 
the the characters on screen look fucking stupid. They, they like Street Fighter Four is my favorite. It's my favorite fighting game of all time, probably if not Street Fighter Three. But it's and you lose the sense of the mechanics being so extraordinary. Like mm-hmm. watching like both the um, hand-eye coordination game and the mental game being played simultaneously. Like if I'm trying to show that to a non-gamer. They are just looking at the fact that it's a, a girl in hot pants fighting a green monster. Sure. Like I, I yeah. think I yeah. think they could be more respectable, and then it would be less stupid. Does that make sense? People like, might be more willing to give it a chance. Like yeah. Chess is not uh, any worse a game because the pieces are pretty simple to look at, and it's not a better game when the pieces are all Star Trek themed. Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> I did like battle chess. Man, Actually, battle chess gets real boring. I fucking played battle chess oh, recently, yeah. and it takes ten minutes to play like like one interaction. Those animations take so long. Yeah. I think battle chess is one of those like one of those uh, terrible terrible promises where like you're you're told that you can make chess super exciting right. and fun, like like it's like a real video game, and then you play it and it's still chess. Yeah. yeah. It is cool um, when that. That's how I remember. It, it. is cool when that Rick, uh, when the Rook rather turns into a brick monster, though. Yeah, that's fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, yeah, the the uh, like I'll, I'll just this is that makes me think of my friend yeah. who's uh, my my friend who's a video uh, a video game designer still in the industry, a guy I worked with. Uh, he was talking to his he was like showing his dad some game footage once, and he was just like looking at a game character, and he's like, "Why are they dancing?" And it was just their idle animation. Uh. But like from a, for a non-gamer's perspective, it was just like, what is this weird dancing mo- motion they're doing? You know. So I yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, that's a big hurdle. I don't know how you make stuff more accessible or more easy to understand for people who just don't get games at all. Just make it less stupid. <laughs> You're gonna get a lot of pushback. I don't I, care. Uh, Push. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, you know, more power <laughs> yeah. to you. But like, yeah, I I I was saying to someone the other day that they should make the. Uh, in the remake to Final Fantasy VII, they should make the story less bad, mm. and I got in a lot of trouble. Oh, People got yeah. mad at me. Because you were correct? <laughs> yes, because I was right, and I said they should just make it so that it actually makes sense, and they were like, well, it's a great story. Yeah. No, um, no, it's not. It, here, it still can be enjoyable. Right. Even I 100% agree even with if, you. <laughs> even if it's bad, it mm-hmm. can still be enjoyable, and there's a difference between poorly executed right. And schlocky trash. And Final Fantasy VII is goofy, dumb bullshit, but it's a joy to play. It rules. But yeah. anybody who's oh, saying it's a, it's a good story is, is full of shit. Do you think <laughs> they're lying I, to I, themselves? I would rank the like my favorite PlayStation One Final Fantasy is eight. Do you think oh, the story yeah. is, is is the eight story stupid? Because it's oh kind of stupid. Oh my god, it's ridiculous! They're, it's fucking. They're all they're all dumb, but they're all like great. Eight. The closest to a decent story was twelve. Yeah, 12 yeah is, sure. Twelve is great. Twelve is great. And I like ten. Fucking, it's I like stupid. sin. Stupid. It's did stupid. you did have you played it since since you've been like a like an angsty like atheist teen? Uh, no. I mean, I played it, <laughs> I played might, it as an adult. It, it man, might be so. worse. <laughs> an angsty atheist adult. Okay, man. yeah. <laughs> I, I think that Final Fantasy VIII's story is. I mean, they they forgot that they were all friends. Sure. They go to the moon apropos of nothing. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But I will say that the 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 teen girl being called selfie is like, I mean, that makes me think they were time travelers. It really does, yeah. yeah. It's uh, pretty impressive. You also go to the moon yeah. in Final Fantasy IV. No real justification. <laughs> Going to the moon is it. cool. I that's love the it. only justification that's needed. Yeah. Um, so actually, this leads right into a, a, a little bit more of a frivolous question, but one I'm very interested in. Um, I want to hear about like uh, I, I, I do want to hear about the games you hate the most. Like what what has been the worst game to play so far? But I um, I also want to hear uh, what what are some of your like favorite games? Like what are what are some of the games that have like inspired you to keep playing games um, even through this ordeal? I'll, I'll talk. Recently, I played. I put way too much time into. You know, not way too much time because I loved every minute of it. But uh, I got mm. addicted to FTL. Uh, just just started oh, okay. playing this year, which I know it's from. It was released in 2012, but the the it's the same developers into the breach, which was my favorite game of last year. I played the shit out of, and then I was just like, oh, what else they got? I got FTL. I actually tweeted about it because I was like, I played it for about you know, I played it for a while and it didn't really hook me. I was like, I was like, is this? Am I missing something? Is into the breach just a better design? And some people were encouraging me to keep playing it. I played the shit out of it, and it meant, I just like 
I just admire a really good design. That game is fucking mm. well designed. That's it's fair. endlessly replayable, yeah. and it's it's just like it's just super duper fun. Um, so that one, like, I I really. And also, too, like, just with the amount of time I have, like, uh, or just how my time is divvied up, a game that I can play, like, roguelikes I really like now, because I can play them a little bit, and if I fucking die in a Slay the Spire run, it's fine, who gives a shit, I'll just play, and, you know, I can also, I can do, like... Play the next Slay the Spire. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I can, and I can fucking um, uh, do runs as long as I, you know, as long as I want to, or for as as little time as I have, Uh, but... In terms of my my the overall like all the games I played in my in in over the course of my life, uh, I would say, you know the the Super Mario franchise, uh, the mm-hmm. uh, as big as big Super Mario and Zelda and Metroid guy, um, uh, Super Nintendo and in- Nintendo and Super Nintendo and then 64 era, uh, love the Final Fantasies. Final Fantasy four two in the U S was probably the game that got me into RPGs. Uh, played a lot of cool. PC RPGs. Um, uh, the Might and Magic series, I actually like that. You know, as a as a kid, I was playing that a lot. Uh, uh, particularly Clouds of Wow, as a kid, yeah, Clouds of Zine and Dark Side of Zine, the World of Zine, uh, uh, a dual. Uh, what do you say? What do you call two things? A duology. Uh, a duology. Duology. Yeah, yeah, duology. Um, I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. And then, uh, and then, you know, like, like uh, as I got older, Planescape Torment, Diablo two. Oh, Chrono Trigger. I meant to mention one of my favorite games. Um, Classic. Yeah, I mean that, that that's kind of the era where of stuff that really hooked me and inspired me. All cool. right, my list is uh, The Last of Us, Street Fighter Four, uh, Out of This World slash Another World, Breath of the Wild, oh, so Super good. Mario Three, Final Fantasy Eight, Dark Souls. Uh, but Breath of the Wild is my favorite Zelda. It's so fucking good. It's so fucking. Can't hard. believe how good it is. It's it's. I've seen people say online that it's bad, like as a hot take, mm. and it it always. I I'm not even. I I. I barely got anywhere yeah. in, uh, thus far and uh, I'm I'm already angry at that hot It took take. me a little bit of time cuz you got to figure out like it's like you can't just bullshit your way through it like you kind of can some other Zeldas it's like you kind of have to figure out the combat but then it's like it's fucking great I think between yeah. Breath of the Wild and Final Fantasy 12 were the two games that I wanted to finish the least like Interesting. I like mm. I really really mm. really liked being in the mechanics of both of those worlds. I loved the gambit system. I just wanted to max out mm-hmm. everything. I just want to go find rare hunts and like those two games. I I also platinumed um, Final Fantasy fifteen, and okay. it was I, it, the, the it's broken. It's really broken. But I was like, well, I really like camping with these dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, those are yeah. I know okay. I know I attacked The Last of Us for like a solid two minutes, but it really is my favorite game. I mean, I think like I mean, you you kind of key into something that I feel a lot about video games, which is that I love them and I love playing them, but also they are not like a lot of times they do not hold up as like objects of I don't know like objects that normal people would look at and sure. say like. Oh yeah, this 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 resonates with me somehow. Yeah. Like, and that that makes sense. The to me. precursor to a book is not that you have read other books. The precursor to a book <laughs> is that you can read. Mm. Uh, and I think the problem with video games is that often the precursor to a, playing a new video game is to have an understanding and a vocabulary of video games. Otherwise, mm-hmm, why would mm-hmm. you ever look in a barrel for ammunition? Right. Unless you had been yeah. raised on them. I I'm I'm. Good on banning barrels from games, except for the Donkey Kong franchise. I feel like they they got grandfathered. Yeah, in. Th- th- those are fine. Oh, I mean, what would he throw other than barrels? He, look, human flesh. <laughs> okay, I'm willing to listen to this reboot. <laughs> D- Donkey Kong Dark. is pulling sh- like strips of skin off of a human being and right. throwing them at Mario. And if he gets close to them, he's too horrified to move. And that's the game over state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, you know what? They already made Ape out, though. So I think, uh, I think right, you're good. Right, right. <laughs> uh, no, no, that's, uh, I like that a lot. Um, I think you should uh, you should push for Thank that. Thank you. And uh, so, what is? And I'll I'll let you guys go after this. But what was the what was the worst game that you've had to play so far? You, do you, can Ooh. you pick one? Can you pick one that has that has troubled you the most? I mean, obviously, if we go through and listen to the podcast, maybe we can make some hypotheses. But I just want to put you on the spot now and ask: 
which of the group that you've played for How Did This Get Played have been uh, the most uh, troubling, harrying, or uh, just worse? I'm gonna I'm gonna look up everything yeah. that we've played so far. Uh, Please, yeah. I'm, it's so funny that it's like it it, it kind of goes to your point about like the like the the bummer of like having to play all right. these games that you don't remember off the top of your head. Um, I honestly think I I think my answer is. Superman 64, just because it's so unbelievably oh unfun and poorly designed. I was gonna, such a slog. Yeah. However... Yeah, I was going to guess. <laughs> however, I think I I kind of honestly had le- what, like found Leisure Suit Larry and Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> Even though those are more playable, they're just like oh God, less pleasant... Why did you pleasant, make yourself play Leisure Suit Larry? Th- yeah, they're just less pleasant <laughs> experiences because the world is so vile. Yeah, I would go. I would go. Leisure Suit Larry and Superman sixty four tied. Yeah, because one was demoralizing physically, and one was demoralizing <laughs> emotionally. <laughs> oh man, that's so great. Yeah, um, I mean that makes sense to me. Yeah, uh, more power for you for actually playing them. Uh, how many did you actually like? Are there any of the games that you? You know, actually, this will be my last question. Did you, how do you know when to stop? <laughs> wow, great question. <laughs> um, it, I think it just depends on the game and and how you're, you know, I, I think some of these you kind of, it's Superman 64, first off, it's so difficult to progress. That oh, it's incredibly It's so, broken, so yeah. hard and it's so, uh, because it's so bad, because it's such an awful design. Um, and... And also, like, the game is so samey that you kind of, like, get a sense pretty early on of, like, okay, I've played enough of this. I know how this goes. Uh, I, honestly, right. sometimes I will, like, sort of, you know, like, I'll I'll get it. I'll do some research into the game before I start playing it. And I'll sort of get a sense of, like, what's going on with it, what the difficulty level is, how much of it is, you know, uh, how everything progresses. Uh, sometimes I'll peek ahead and, and play through videos and sort of get a sense of, of what parts of the game that I definitely need to experience. Um, but I always try to try to play them for, you know, a, a few hours and I try to finish them when I can. You know, it's, it's not always possible time wise or uh, just like mor- morale wise. But right. Like uh, yeah. the um, <laughs> Vanderpump Rules game, you can't yes. really beat. Yeah, you can't really beat. You just keep playing until you like run out of. Uh, until you run out of in-game currency and don't want to have to spend real money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you guys, you guys spent a lot of real money on but, it, Yeah, too, I I'm spent $4,000. <laughs> <laughs> I, I generally play until I am stuck for more than a half hour. Mm. It, like, okay. if I... Because I think that sometimes... If you play, if you play and you get frustrated and you get stuck in like a ten minute section, then you can comment on that. But like, if I get stuck for more than a half hour, I'm like, nope, I'm done. Yes, I'm fucking done with this. Um, one, right. one I will say, and and I mentioned this on the episode, but we did, we re- we covered this Switch game, uh, the worst reviewed Switch game I think so far, called Vroom in the Night Sky, uh, with our buddy Ify Wadiwe, <laughs> and we. And I, so I 100 percented this game. I didn't just finish it; like I got every <laughs> achievement, and it took. Why would you do this to yourself? But it took me like four hours and ten minutes. It was like because the game is so oh, thin okay. that I was just playing through it, and I kind of got to the point where I was just like, oh, I know how to do this, and I just started like knocking off the achievements. And it, there's just so little to it that yeah, I just I played as much of that game as you can possibly play. <laughs> so it, it really just depends. <laughs> That makes yeah. sense. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for coming on. I know you 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 have so many bad video games to play. I'm sure that uh, I'm sure that they're just calling to you right now. Yeah. Um, we, we, where can people find you online? Obviously, uh, the podcast is how did this get played? What else? Uh, what else? Uh, we'll start with Heather. Heather, where can people find you online? What can people hear you at? Read you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Heather Campbell on Instagram at Heather Ann Campbell with an E. Uh, and then, you know, tune into the Twilight Zone or watch Whose Line Is It Anyway if you want to see my seriouses or my funnies. Right? My funnies. Yeah, so how uh, you you were you did work on Twilight Zone. How was that? Uh, I won't ask you too much about it because we're at the end, but was it fun? Yeah, it was fantastic. And we are uh, knee deep in season two and it will be even better. Well, that's great. I will be watching it. Then. Yep. Um, I'm just at Nick Weiger on wherever social media you whatever platform you refer, uh, at N-I-C-K-W-I-G-E-R. Um, but check out our, check out our social media for the podcast. 
Um, how did this get played on Twitter and Instagram at HDTGPod? At HDTGP pod, there's a P and then there's a pod following it. So make sure you get that double P. Um, and that's uh, that's on both Insta and and Twitter. Uh, we'll post what games are, are coming out or uh, what episodes are coming out, what games we're playing on those episodes. And then we'll ask for questions that we'll that we'll answer on the episodes as well. And I think like the the actual like content there, especially the like the the gifts and the the images you guys post up on on that uh, account is they're fantastic. Shout out uh, Matt Apodaca, our producer. Apodaca. Yeah, I, I I talked to Matt. He's he's a he's a very he's nice a good guy. dude. Um, he's a good he's a yeah, good human. I, person. I will shout him out too. Yeah. Good human but don't person. Don't follow wow. him on anything. Shout out Devin, our engineer as well. <laughs> yeah, both. Shout out Devin. Both good dudes. Oh but man, the engineers. Great dudes. Yeah. Fuck them. Just not to be followed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know social media application about. It. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just going with Heather yeah. on this one. Um, well, thank you both for coming on. This has been great. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing um, what else you have in the future. I, I, I can't wait to follow along and see ho- all the horrible, horrible games you uh, inflict on yourselves. Thanks. Thanks, we, Trevor. We can't wait to provide that entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, 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 Heather. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Bye.